Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Hi, everybody. Well, here we are. We're live. Uh, we're uh, Earl Stewart on Cars. We've got a team of auto experts in here. You just heard my recorded introduction. And I, I say this almost every morning, uh, every Saturday morning, uh, how much we really like doing the show. Um, when I listen to t- uh, radio or watch television, one of my criteria, if, if I enjoy something, it's because the people that are putting on the performance, I perceive them to enjoy it. So I hope, I hope you enjoy Earl Stewart on Cars because I promise you, everybody here in the studio, uh, Rick and Stu and Nancy and myself and Jonathan, in the background, he's not participating, but we really have fun. Believe it or not, we laugh, uh, we cry occasionally, but that's usually the technical difficulties, but uh, knock on wood, we don't have any technical difficulties going on right now, but we love what we do. We feel like we're bringing something important uh, to the airwaves, the video waves. Uh, We're talking to people about how to buy a car, release it, or maintain or repair it without being taken advantage of. And that makes me feel good. We all feel good about that. Um, it's not it, partly because it's a unique thing. We don't. I don't know of any other show that does this, and uh, we kind of uh, flaunt authority because authority isn't taking care of you out there. The regulators, not just in Florida but all over the country, probably the world, for some reason, give uh, car dealers a pass. Uh, car dealers are operating as if they were in the uh, 20th century, in fact, early 20th century. Uh, they haven't evolved. Uh, they haven't grown in terms of sophistication and ethics and morality, uh, honesty, transparency, all those things. They just, they're frozen in time. And they're back in the horse trading days of the uh, early 20th century. And it's just, uh, it's just a shame. There's a, long, a lot of reasons for that. But here we are, and we are here to help you any way we can. The best way we can help you is if you would contact us during the show. We're on for two hours. And you have two hours. You can text us. You can call us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Uh, uh, we're all over uh, cyberspace. Uh, the text number is one of our most popular numbers. Uh, we seem to get a lot of text. I like the text because we can store the text. We get, we'll get to them during the show, but sometimes if we can't get to it right away, we'll get to it a little later, whereas the phone calls sometimes pile up and sometimes uh, we don't get to them and you, you know, you're not going to sit there with a the phone on your ear for half an hour. But if you send us a text, we will get to it during the show. Text number is 772-497-6530. What's on your mind about cars? What's on your mind about, uh, are you thinking about leasing a car? Are you thinking about, how do I get the most money for my car? Uh, How do I be sure, how do I, how am I sure I'm getting an honest price, a fair price? 
Or you got a little funny thing happening. Your car's vibrating or making a funny noise. And you're thinking about the last time you took your car in because it was making a funny noise. It cost you $2,000. And you're saying, I don't want to go through that again. We've got Rick Kearney. Uh, Rick Kearney is a certified diagnostic master technician. He's got all the badges. He knows everything there is to know about fixing cars and maintaining and repairing them properly. And and I'm talking about even what we have today in the sophisticated computer-on-wheel type cars that we're driving. So if you have a question about repairing and maintaining, Rick's the guy. And if you, the rest of us, uh, Nancy Stewart and Stu Stewart and myself, can help you in the sales end of it, buying and leasing. So 772-497-6530. If you haven't got a question or a thought now, write it down. 772-497-6530. And, of course, we'd love to have you call. Calling is really best if you can get through. And I have to say sometimes we've had technical problems with the phones. But if you don't have to wait too long and you can call, uh, right now the lines are quiet, I believe. They are. So if you wanted to call now, we could, we could get you right away. 877 877- 960-9960. And write the number down, like I said before with the text. You might not have a question right now, but you will. If you stay with us for a half an hour, I'm not expecting you to stay with us for two hours. Love you to stay for two hours, but that's a long time. Uh, you'll have a question. The call-in number is 877-960-9960. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars and YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars, right? So uh, there we are. And, of course, Periscope and Twitter, we're all over. And the postings, we'll, we will get to those, too. We bank the postings. Now, here's our most interesting contact number. Nobody's got this. I mean, I've never heard of anyone do this. Ain't going to happen.com? Ain't gonna happen. Not come as one of them. I forgot about that one. <laughs> I was thinking. I was actually thinking. Actually, ain't gonna happen. Not come. That's a website in progress, and we're putting some of these crazy, stupid advertisements on there uh, that car dealers say come and buy a car for twenty dollars a month. You know what I'm talking about. But what I was really thinking about was our anonymous feedback line. If you want to remain totally anonymous, all you have to do is go to anonymousfeedback.com your your i'm sorry your anonymousfeedback.com y o u r your anonymousfeedback.com your anonymousfeedback.com i know i'm a broken record but it got to give you time to write it down and people like that i have a lot of people that say listen if they want to have a comment or they want to um, make a criticism or they want to uh, whatever, why don't they just call the show and identify themselves? Why do they want to be anonymous? I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with anonymity. I mean, we have uh, we have uh, police lines that have anonymous informants. Uh, we have whistleblowers for corporate America. And there are people who want to remain anonymous. I mean, cut them a little slack. Uh, I don't mind being you know, I'm a public figure. People know me, and that's just me. But there are a lot of really good people out there. They just want to have their anonymity. They don't want to be bothered. So you can email us, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Anonymous, A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. I just did that because I'm proud that I can spell anonymous, and I can spell it quickly. Anyway. Kind of like uh, Mississippi. 
Yeah, like right, M I S S I S S I P P I. Rick, a lot of people might want to remain anonymous because that way it doesn't seem as though they have an agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 they're known who they are mm-hmm. and they're someone in a specific industry, mm-hmm. it may seem that they have an agenda that they're pushing, and people then won't listen to what they're saying. They'll mm-hmm. see, mm-hmm. oh, I'm I'm seeing an agenda here, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to bother listening. Exactly. Versus mm-hmm. anonymous. The only thing you have to hear are their words, and you may pay attention a little more to those words and actually hear what they're saying. Whatever the motive, actually it gives a venue to people that do have an agenda. And uh, we realize that when we open ourselves up to total anonymous input feedback, we realize that we're going to have some people that are going to come in and try to assassinate us with, I don't mean literally, but uh, (laughs) although I do wear a Kevlar vest, uh, but come in and try to... uh, say something bad about us, maybe a, a competitor. Because remember, I am a car dealer, and I forgot to mention that. I have a car dealership. This is not an infomercial, but I've been a car dealer for 50-plus years, and that's one of the reasons I'm so good. Hey, I'm patting myself on the back. I'm good because I know what's going on out, th- out there. I used to be like all the other car dealers, and that's the reason for my book, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. So I've been there, and I've done that, and I could out-trick the best of them back in the day. But I recovered, and I'm recovering every day, mm-hmm. and I am a recovering car dealer, so I'm really good at what I do. So if you have something you want to say, go ahead and say it. What should we do now? You want to start out with, uh, Nancy, you you got to tell the folks out there about why you're so important to the women of the audience. Okay, well, first I want to say that I like your jeans. Thank you. Really spiffy. I just moved in from my 38th to my 36th waist. Yay. Okay. Applause. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Pause for the cause. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. You're in for a wonderful ride this morning. This radio show is like nothing else. We listen to you and what you want to ask us. We don't cut you off anything at all. And we... um, we share knowledge with you we save you money we answer your questions all of it and it's a different type of talk show so give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and in addition to all of that we encourage female callers by giving you fifty dollars fifty dollars to the first two new lady callers and uh you know uh, what a wonderful advantage no strings you can give us a call no conditions you can uh become uh you're a first-time caller and you can become part of the show and learn something new every single saturday morning between eight and ten o'clock so take advantage of that ladies fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers now we are going to uh, interrupt our introductions and go to john who's been waiting in west palm beach hey john hey hello john you're kind of faint now uh let me turn my volume up here we got we, we got you there yeah okay what's up um my wife has a lead car Four more payments left on it, and she keeps getting calls. Um, uh, you know, she probably turn it in early, and they've got something else for her. But also, they, you know, they remind her that you know the car needs to be, um, you know, make sure everything's working when you, when you turn the car in. 
we're going to have the car detailed, but I want to find out, is there anyone that provides a service that, like, pre-checks it for a lease? Like, what, you know, you need new tires. Or before you turn, you know, before you turn in the lease, you know, make sure you have new tires. Is there anyone that does, like, a pre-check for the lease before you turn it in so you don't get hit with all their charges? I know they, you know, they're out to get money, uh, it seems like. Just don't want to get hit with, and when we turned in the lease, I, I from you I learned to you know take pictures, take video, you know, uh, before you know when you turn it in because it's going to sit on the lot, you know, I'm not going to put gas in it, uh, return it empty. That way, you know, they're not driving around on my gas, and I don't even know who's going to be driving it after that. Mm-hmm. But is there any is there any other precautions that I need? To John, I, th- I think that the only thing you have to be sure is that you document the exact condition of your car. Huh? W- document it, the exact condition of your car when you turn it in. So, a uh, camera, your smartphone camera, is the best way to do that. And you also want to make notes of it. You want to be sure you get your odometer mile- mileage uh, and pictures of the interior and the exterior. And especially if you if you have a scratch, get a picture of the scratch because you don't want to be, you know, charged for something that doesn't exist. And you're absolutely right. When you return a lease car, particularly if it's got some gas in it, a salesman's liable to jump in that car and use it for his personal driver for a few weeks until he gets the gas tank on empty. And who knows what's going to happen? So you could be charged for things that are not your responsibility. But there's a lease check sheet. Uh, that that has to be filled out. It's either done by the leasing company. Sometimes the dealership will do that. Stu, can you add to that? Yeah, um, you're going to get, uh, when you get the notifications when it's time to turn in your lease, uh, there will be an opportunity, and I know that uh, Toyota, Honda, I don't know what kind of vehicle you're driving. Is it a Toyota or a Honda? A Honda. Yeah, they, there's a service they provide. They come out and they do a vehicle inspection, and they know know anything that's going to be charged to you. And it's and if you if you schedule that ahead of time, um, you're able to get a heads up on anything that they're going to have an issue with, and it gives you an opportunity to, to get fixed at a more reasonable charge. Because once, like you said, once you turn it in, uh, then you're kind of at their mercy. And then what Earl said, I can't emphasize any anymore. And, and don't do pictures, do a video. Um, ah, slowly yeah. walk around your car, uh, get the bumpers, get the door edges, get the tires, uh, go through the interior, and just keep it on your phone. So when uh, you do get a bill, if you do, uh, then you have perfect video proof of anything that was uh, that, that happened after you turned it in. And you could do audio with a video, John. You could mention the odometer mileage yeah. and you know verbal comments as you do the video. Now you really got yourself an ironclad documentation of the condition of that car when you turned it in. Because if you just okay. do pictures, you're gonna you're gonna miss the one spot they're gonna yeah, have an issue with. Exactly. Yeah. So do a 360 inside and out with the video. Shouldn't take up much space on your phone. Okay, uh, the um, Honda when they go to contact me that about the pre-inspection type thing, can I contact them or, or do I wait till they contact me? You know. Um, I'm always a big proponent of taking uh, taking action. You know, if if you wait and let's just say they have some sort of a uh, you know bureaucratic glitch and they don't do that and it's too late, I'd call them and say, hey, listen, I want I want to get on record uh, on a vehicle inspection, and then uh, and then uh, see if they they can help you schedule that appointment. Is that through the dealership or through Honda? Uh, through Honda. Leasing. It would write directly through the lender. Through through the lender. Yeah. Okay. 
all right, so that's on our contract and all that, or yeah. And then we and then she she also purchased that uh, some type of uh, for five thousand dollars that's built into the plan. Uh, you know, if there's any dings or dents, they fix it. You know, and I, I'm sure there's a, a copay or something before that, uh, or a. Oh, a little deductible or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess it depends on the plan. I, I, I mean, I know that a lot of some warranties will have deductibles. Uh, usually, the, uh, the the prepaid, like the little the wear and tear uh, packages. Uh, I don't think there is a deductible with that. I, I, I could be wrong. Okay. John, right. thanks for the call. Your uh, your questions on the minds of thousands of lessors out there. It is the most dangerous time of a lease is when you turn the car back in. We see the bills come in through our dealership. And I don't know what the average one would be, but uh, I would say what six hundred dollars maybe, and you see them for two thousand dollars. Yeah. So they they almost always try to hit you for something. Tires will get you. Yeah, tires. You, know, you got to have a certain minimum t- tread wear. Uh, that's another thing you want to check, and you probably should measure your own tires. Uh, but video it is still recommended, and. Uh, it's, it's a shame you have to go through that, but the leasing companies are hungry, and they will get you on anything they can get you with unless you have something to disprove them. Uh-huh. Um, okay, very good. The, uh, because I, I'm not going to lease again. I'm, I'm just going to pay the 350 and not lease or, or purchase, purchase a used car on July to fill if they'll do that. So, or from you guys. All right. Thank you, John. Thank Thanks you. for the call. Thanks, John. Uh, Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And as you just heard, uh, Stu and Earl shared some pretty important uh, information on leasing, and those pictures are worth their weight in gold, or even, as Stu suggested, a video. That's what I do when we we have a hurricane coming. Um, I'll take my phone. I walk around my house. I um, can't get up on my roof, but I go there just in case there's any dispute later on on the condition of my insured property. You know, you do look at it that way with your car. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Yeah, yeah, be, that's, yeah. that's a fabulous and idea. It's time dated right on an iPhone. It's yep. time dated. Yep. So there's no dispute over when you took the video. Correct. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so uh, anyway, folks, that's what you're in store with uh, for. Uh, we're, we're talking about everything and anything that concerns you. Uh, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, www youranonymousfeedback.com. We're going to go to Howard. He's a regular caller from Jupiter. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. Uh, beautiful day today, uh, except the rain that's coming. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I have a comment to make. Uh, when you lease a car and uh, you get a scratch and you take it into a body shop and they paint it, I was told that the, the leasing company can actually uh, uh, find out that the uh, uh, it was repainted, and uh, they could see the quality of the paint and uh, by, by putting uh, some kind of a meter on it. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, uh, the car dealers have the same meter, and they're very common. Say, when they appraise a car, uh, you just run a little scan sort of a tool all over the car, wherever paint is, and it measures the thickness, let's say, uh, basically measuring how many coats of paint you have. So if you have a situation where you had your car painted, repainted, it picks it up right away. They, you, you can't get away with even a touch-up uh, on a with a paint meter. And once once it's been painted, if you have a fender painted, you're immediately gigged. Uh, it makes no difference how good the paint job is, by the way. And this is one of the unfair things that you need to be aware of. If you lease a car 
and you have an accident and you have it fixed and they do a great job, which they should, a really good paint job on the fender or the whole car, you should not be able to tell that the car was painted, that you look just like the car did before. A really good painter is an artist and they can paint the car where nobody can tell without, I call it a paint meter. Um, so the leasing company will detect the paint job and they will charge you anyway. So now you have to go and dispute it and say, listen, uh, I had this repaired by a world-class uh, body shop. They did a perfect job. You can't tell the car's been painted. And you charged me uh, $2,000 because it had been an accident. Uh, I want you to take that off. You can dispute that, and you will win the dispute. I can only speak for uh, Howard, and I know that you're, you, you, you go through Southeast Toyota Finance, too. Um, we don't like the way they handle it because uh, they will send you a bill, just like Earl said. Um, all Southeast Toyota asks for is a, uh, the invoice and shown that it's done at a reputable uh, body shop, then they waive it. But um, what we always wonder is how many thousands of customers um, pay it. just pay it yeah. and, and don't know they have to do that. That's why we want everybody to listen to this show. <laughs> right? So okay, if you get a bill from your leasing company, okay, you know, just to send it. I'm sorry, Howard, go ahead. No, would it matter if you had, okay, let's say uh, I lease a car and I have, I have a deep scratch and I go to a reputable body shop. Let's say I go to uh, Earl Stewart, Toyota. Uh, by me going to a Toyota uh, dealership to have it painted, would that uh, yeah. make the difference? Yeah. yeah, in most cases. And be honest with you, there is a it's a kind of a gray area. So let's say you had a um, a shopping cart hit your door, and then you had the whole door painted, and it's done at you know our, our body shop or at uh, a Trail Body Shop, you know, whatever, and it's done. It's a reputable place, and they do a good job. Um, you're going to send in the bill. They're not going to charge you for that. I don't know what happens if a truck side swipes you and you have a you know massive body damage and paint, even if it's brought up. Because the reason for it is eventually that leasing company, they want to sell this car, and it, and it does have diminished value. So I guess they're going to make a judgment call on uh, on the, uh, the extent of their loss, their financial loss. And my suspicion is if they're going to lose a lot of money on it, they're probably not going to let up on uh, on, a, on their customer. They're going to try and get them to pay pay them the the damage fee. Um, but if it's you know a door panel, a fender painted by a reputable place, you won't get charged. But you got to be smart enough to to send in the uh, the the invoice. Okay, I got a fast question for Rick. Uh, if you permit me to ask him the question, very uh, concerning batteries and concerning sure. the main maintenance and cleaning of the hold down clamps and everything. Uh, I, I noticed I have a 2017 uh, car and uh, the, the hold down ramps are full of that uh, corrosion, battery corrosion. What is that called? That uh, that build up from the battery, that you know, that white stuff that goes around the hold down clamps and the uh, terminals. Is, well, anyway, is, um, yeah, I want to clean that up, but I don't want to unhook the battery. Um, can I just uh, clean up what's there, or do I have to take the hold down clamps off and clean it up? Uh, that's just normal battery acid corrosion. And the best way to do it, take just the clamp, the hold down clamp off. Uh, clean it with plain water, really. Just a simple water hose and a toothbrush. Let it dry, nice, get it nice and dry and hit it with a quick coat of undercoat spray that you can get at any auto parts store. Yeah, use your wife's toothbrush. Yeah, that, that's a good one. It, <laughs> and then, and then it'll help the, the acid content then will help keep her teeth nice and white. And then same thing for your battery that's terminals. You cavities. When you, when you get done cleaning it and it's all dried down a little bit, just put a light coat of that undercoat spray on those terminals 
and that stuff will actually it'll be able to be removed very easily afterwards but it will prevent the oxygen from getting to it which oxidation is what causes that corrosion and the oxygen in the air is what causes it so quick coat of that paint on there everything will be fine and i i won't have to take the terminals off then is that what you're saying or do i have to take the terminals off won't even need to disconnect uh, the terminals just use a water okay. hose and just try to keep the water just on the battery area Scrub those things with an old toothbrush a little bit, a little bit of water, and once they dry, just a quick bit of spray, and boom, they're fine. And what's the name of that uh, thing that you pick up uh, at an auto uh, auto store? Uh, that coating, what is that called? Uh, that well, they, they make battery terminal protective spray, which you can use, or just simple undercoat spray, like the undercoat that you'd spray underneath the car, you know, for rust protection. It creates like a rubberized barrier. And I, I like that stuff. Just a very light coat of it. In a, in a, yeah, in a spray can, I guess, right? Yep. Okay, very good. Thank you, Rick. My pleasure. Thanks, Thank you, Howard. Howard. Yeah, have Eight, a good day. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I have a text from a senior citizen. Her name is Audrey, and uh, she uh, leased her vehicle, and it was a 48-month lease. Uh, she has recently become incapacitated, and she wants to know if uh, she has to, if she still has to maintain her auto insurance. Uh, will there be a problem if she discontinues it? Sadly, yes. And uh, even if it's in the garage and uh, she promises not to drive it, as long as she has that lease car, she must maintain her, her insurance. And uh, that's one of the uh, scary things about leasing. Uh, no matter what happens, if you can't drive eyesight or other health problems, or uh, even if you pass away, if it's a 48-month contract, and you got 24 months to go, you owe 24 payments, and that includes your insurance costs. I imagine if you pass away, it wouldn't be the insurance costs, but if you're, if you're still there, even though you can't drive the car. I fought that battle for my customers in the past, and it's, 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 it just doesn't sound fair, but they look at it this way. How do they know the person's really not driving the car, and they are protecting their collateral? Uh, there's also another minus, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, can't your license be revoked if you don't stay up to date with that auto insurance? Well, it, it could be if you're financing it. This is a lease, so they need to know that uh, their their collateral is protected with collision and also the liability because uh, there, there's a liability of the lessor as well as the lessee. Yeah, there you go, Audrey. Hope we answered your question. Uh, we are going to go to Tina, who's been holding from Bonita Springs, a regular caller. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, everyone. How y'all doing? Good morning, Tina. Good morning. Um, you know, uh, one of my clients, I was doing a, a blow dryer on her hair yesterday, and she was talking about her dashboard lights. And, you know, it used to be that dashboard lights or console lighting was very straightforward. She knew what was what. But now, because a lot of cars are being made overseas, uh, dashboard lighting can be extremely confusing. She says, well, I have this brand-new Lexus SUV that I got. And the light with the triangle and exclamation mark came on, and then it went off. And then it came on again, and she says, I was afraid to drive the car. And she says, do you have any idea what that means? And I said, to be quite honest with you, I have no But just in general, I think that dashboard lighting is very confusing. So I'm going to try to make it simple for people, and I'm probably not 100% right. 
But if the light is red, you need to service that car immediately or stop it. If it's orange, it's an area that needs attention very soon. If it's green, it's pretty much okay. So correct me if I'm wrong. Rick wants to answer this real bad because he knows it way better than me, Tina. But I learned some stuff uh, recently, and uh, and I agree with you a million percent that it's getting more and more confusing. There, all the little icons, and I'm a smart, savvy tech guy. I'd like to think, and they come on, and there's so many different little indicators. Um, the exclamation point started to scare me because I had the same, you know, basic, you know, common sense thing. If it's red, stop the car. Don't drive it. And if it's yellow, it's caution. You have a little bit of time. Like a maintenance light is yellow, right? It doesn't mean then nothing bad's going to happen to your car. But if it's red, you could be having an overheat situation, something that's really bad. Um, but the exclamation points could be for anything. Like so, when I ran out of um, windshield wiper fluid, which is an extremely critical, dangerous situation, as you know. I'm just kidding. But um, an exclamation point came on. Um, when I was getting low on fuel, I got I got a exclamation point. So I'm not sure if that's a critical thing. It's just, but I, I did learn that. It's like they're using it for everything now. But that is kind of like a folksy sort of thing. Red, stop, yellow, don't worry about it. Rick, please, what's the, what's the real deal? Uh, you're right on base, but I'm going to give you a little extra trick for, because like Tina was saying, uh, her, her phone was cutting out again, so I'm just going to give a quick recap. What she was saying is the number of different lights, the symbols that you'll see on the dash on all these different cars. There are so many makes and models, and there's such a variety now of those different symbols. And some companies will use their own symbol for something that just it seems crazy. What the heck does this mean? Well, here's a quick trip, uh, tip. Take a picture of it with your phone. And put it on Google, and I will guarantee you that you'll get a definition of what that little indicator means. Wow, I love that. Oh, boy. The, the what Google, an uh, idea. The Google Eyesight thing, or yeah. what do they call that? The yeah. Google uh... Eyesight, or also, uh, there's also a website that this works for pretty much any image. It's called TinEye, T-I-N-E-Y-E. And TinEye, any image anywhere, if it matches up to a picture that's on the Internet somewhere, you'll find it. So that picture of that symbol, you'll be able to find what that symbol means simply by having it match up to another that's, picture. That's so cool. Now, Earl told me about this. Yeah. We were having lunch the other day, yeah. and the Google app on your phone, yeah. and you, I mean, I knew it was there, but I never played with it. So I, I tried it out, and we were at a restaurant, and I just took a picture into space just you know, past our table. It recognized the background, and the first thing that came up was the restaurant, which, by the way, was City Cellar. It was a great yeah. lunch. We endorse it. Yeah. Oh. But it was really cool. Wow. And it, it, wow. We literally, the, these things here, these cell phones, we have all the knowledge of the known world at our fingertips. It's I, was just, to, I was trying to pull the icon up. Can you find it? On, you just yeah. have to know how to find it. And a simple photograph that you then put that photograph on Google, like on TinEye, you'll find that image. Now, by the way, uh, one of the more Google common Lens. images that uses a an oh, exclamation yeah. point. Is that Chrome or Google? Yeah. Google. And, and Rick, t uh, TIN, T-I-N-I. TIN-I, -E -E. T-I-N-E-Y-E. And that works for any image at all. Yeah, there's the- uh, I could have used that the other day. There was, is the uh, little my icon was you can see there. Uh-oh, here comes Stu with the camera. <laughs> well, I found Coca-Cola. The boys are experimenting. <laughs> See the little icon see right next to the microphone. I, I've created monsters. It's fantastic. You, you opened up a can of worms. 
Okay, let's move along. We're uh, we're degenerating into a tech freak show. <laughs> but Tina, thank you because you you've you've brought something out that will help us all out. That's oh, not me. Well, thank you, Tina. Yeah, I, uh, thank you. You know, I, I just want to say something that when you when you call next week, your 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 sound quality, uh, either where you are, or the phone you're using, or something, is so bad. I can't. I can only understand about half of what you say. Rick's got the best ears, and and Stu the next best. But if you can check your phone, uh, I'm not sure what it is, but uh, it's uh, you go you fade in and out. Is it a handheld phone that you have a portable? Yes, I think next time I call you, I'm going to stand outside. That's probably going to make a difference. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, just don't get on the roof. <laughs> no, no, no. You're an important Please, caller, I, Tina, and we have to hear you, you loud and clear. We love hearing from and, you, Tina. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And ladies, Nancy and I can't do this by ourselves. We need to, so please call in. Thank you, Tina. Thank you so much, Tina. Uh, why can't there be like a little manual, like the, a short version of all these little icons that come up on your dash? Uh, I mean, the other day it drove That me would make it too easy. There's the a, manufacturers a big manual. <laughs> like to challenge their, their owners. Right. When you buy a car, they don't want to make it too easy for you. Which is, there's a big manual. <laughs> there's not a little easy manual. Even the, uh, what, is, what do they call it, the small, like the... The, you know, like the little mini the quick on, reference guide. Quick reference guide yeah. is better, but it's still like it's hieroglyphics. That's the other thing. I guess they do a lot of research into picking these icons. Like you would think that would be something that you know all of humanity would recognize, but it's not. It's what I use. Yeah. I think they use international symbols and things like this, but nobody knows what the international not symbols in America. are. So well, in that, America. That's what really muddies the waters. Okay, you know? let's move along here. So We're getting anyway. mired down. And, and, uh, anyway, yeah. uh, this is good radio. Everything's important. So uh, I'm going to thank Warren for holding on as long as he did, and he is calling us from Fort Lee, New Jersey. Good morning, Warren. Hi, how are you guys? Thank you for calling. How are you? Yeah, I, I'm terrific. I just wanted to tell you guys, um, I was involved, rather, somebody, to let you know about a scam that goes on, I drive back and forth from Pompano Beach, Florida to Fort Lee, which is 1,250 miles. Hmm. So I had driven down from Fort Lee, which is right across the bridge from New York City, to Pompano Beach, and my mechanic in New Jersey always looks at my car. I called last week. I have a fourth tourist of 150,000 miles on it. Anyway, before I left Pompano to come back to New Jersey this week, which I went from 80 degrees to 30 degrees, but that's another story, <laughs> um, I took it to one of those, you know, oil change places. Yeah, Jiffy Lube or something. Oil change. Yep, exactly. So I figured, you know what, I, I was down, it burns a little oil, so I figured, you know what, I'm not going to start adding oil to it. I'll just change the oil again. So anyway, I go in, change the oil, and then when I'm done, I ha they hand me, besides, besides paying the $35, they hand me a sheet, which they say they checked all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And on the sheet, there's a big thing to fail. And, of course, you're going to ask what it failed. It's like you felt like in 10th grade you failed your math test or something. <laughs> so there's a big failed sign over there. And I said, well, what did I fail? What did the car feel? So they take me over to the car, open up the hood, and they play a little flashlight. Even if there was an elephant in there, you couldn't see what they were flashing. <laughs> anyway, 
he, this guy who who looks like you wouldn't let him change a bicycle tire, he's flashing his light and they're telling me that the tension on one of the belts is no good and another belt is cracked. Now I know I had this car checked out from head to toe before I left New Jersey to go down to Pompano Beach, and my I trust my guy emphatically. And they said to me, for four hundred and fifty dollars, you could get this fixed today, right now. They have all the time in the world. So I said. A thank you, but no thank you. Close the hood. Let me pay my $35 and get out of yeah. here as soon yeah. as I can. So I got back to New Jersey a couple of days ago. So I went over to my guy, and he sent down one of his guys to look at it, opened up the hood, put the flashlight in, closed the hood within 10 seconds, and said to me, nothing wrong. We checked the car out before you left. Nothing's changed. He said it was a total scam. They wanted to sell you a, a couple of belts or something. Mm-hmm. He said it's a ten-year-old car. Of course, it's going to be old, and you know, right now it's not an emergency. He says there's no rush to fix anything. I don't see anything that would have to be taken apart. So I just thought I'd tell you guys that they're not to fall for those oil play scams. Yeah, well, Rick's got a comment, Warren, but let me just say this about scams: uh, you're a sharp guy, and they're not going to get you. But if he does that 50 times, uh, and I don't know how many times a day it happens, uh, he's going to get probably 10%, maybe 5%. And if you can sell something somebody doesn't need and make a fortune when there's nothing wrong with the car and you only get 5 or 10%, you're making a lot of money. But, uh, Rick, what is your comment about the... Uh, well, Warren, you said you got a, a Ford Taurus, was it? Yeah. Right, correct, 150. Yeah, so you should have like two belts on there at the most maybe three and even so those two belts if you if you bought gates or another brand name belt from the local auto supply store i'd expect the price to be around 60 to 75 dollars total retail price for those belts so they're getting almost 400 dollars labor just to install a couple of drive belts yeah, I, they, and here, here, Mr. Stewart, I need to switch over to them. <laughs> well, if you're going to screw somebody, wow. you might as well get all the money. I mean, why charge them a fair yeah. price when you're well, when you're lying about the problem? If, yeah. you, could, if you could trick them, go go all the way. Man, yeah. that is insane. I, I, you know the, be, the best part about it is the way they did it, because they didn't you know attack me with it. They came out you know with the bill with thirty whatever it was thirty five dollars for the oil change. And this sheet, you know, like, you know, you know, this whole sheet, and it had failed on it. Like, like I said, like you just failed your math test in school, you know, and the mathematics teacher just give a red, take it home to your parents or something. And, of course, they know you're going to ask. You know, they don't say anything. And you say, what does this failed mean? Mm-hmm. And, like I said, it, it was like this whole thing, putting that light in the, under the hood. And, you know, I, I couldn't tell, like I said, if there was an elephant in there. I, I had no idea what's in there. Mm-hmm. And... You know, they went through this whole thing, and then, of course, I said, no, here's the $35 when you get out of here. And uh, it's just, I just feel terrible for people who are going to go in there and you're going to get scammed on this thing. I mean, is there, it's, it's, it's absurd. It's, re- it's really terrible that they pull this stuff on you. Yeah, Warren, you know, we always often say on this show we're preaching to the choir because folks like you listen to the show, and uh, there's so many people that don't listen uh, that to get taken advantage of. It happens every day, and it's like these uh, folks in Nigeria that send out five million emails, and they say your uncle died, and uh, there's a ten million dollar estate, and if you'll send me a thousand dollars, I'll bring bring the rest of it over to you in a paper bag. And you read something like that on your email, and you say, how could this possibly 
uh, trick anybody. Remember, it's volume. They're doing a million emails, and there's one sucker out there. That's all it takes. And with you, Warren, they didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of tricking you. But there's some some little old lady that's going to come around, a widow, and right. uh, she's never encountered a, a situation like this, and she falls for it, and they score 450 bucks for doing nothing. Right, right. I mean, they have those IRS schemes. I mean, I'm retired, so I, I go back and forth between, let's say, Portland, mm-hmm. New Jersey, and Pompano, where my yeah. house is. Yeah. So, and I'm going to go back again next week. But yeah. um, I get these scams all day long on the phone without going to something else. And yeah. I call you up and say, you owe the IRS money, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, uh, well, thank you. you know, I'm going to give you a call in a couple of weeks because I'm thinking about a car, a new car. But you get a lot of great information from you guys. You really, thank you, really do. Thank you. And I enjoy your program. You really, you really get information about buying cars, selling cars that you, you truly can't get anywhere else. Oh, thanks so, so much, you know, Warren. Have a great show. Thank you. Appreciate thanks. it. Thank you, for, thank you very Give much. Give us a call again. Don't lose that Jersey accent. I love it. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have a question for you. What do Valentine's Day chocolate strawberries and Earl Stewart on cars have in common? Mm, mm, mm. Um, they, they occupy 75% of his stomach. <laughs> They're addicting. Mm. They are very oh, okay, addicting. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, very addicting. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We've got so much more to get to, and I want to thank you for tuning in. All of us here, eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two. Four nine seven six five three zero, and don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com. We'd love to hear from you. We love controversy, anything at all. Take advantage of youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I think we got some text over there. I think yeah. a bunch of lines on the paper. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of tick marks. I'm organizing them now. I got anonymous feedback, I got texts, and Facebook comments. We'll start with the text. Uh, oh, you'll like this, uh, Nancy and Earl. You'll like this. Hi, Earl. I'm watching a show called Castle. And on that show, it's about detectives, and it's about airbags exploding in cars. And there's a car company that knows about it, and the detectives are finding out that they're covering it up. I, wow. thought, you, I thought you would get a kick out of it. Even, uh, even the television shows are coming up with faulty airbag stuff all of a sudden. Have a good day. Well, it's that's Castle. My, that's the next thing I'm going to watch. Where yeah. is it? I want to Netflix. Or? I don't know. Uh, we can probably Google it. Castle. I just wrote it down. Yeah. Thank oh, you very boy. much. I just wrote it down. It'll be on our list. <laughs> there actually is some <laughs> investigations of, um, I believe, Tesla, and I believe uh, a few of the guys went to the Slammer that uh, there was a concealment of the whole problem going back many, many years. Wow. So. I'll watch that, too. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the end of my binge-watching list. Yeah. Okay, uh, now you have an email that is a, a mild excoriation uh, from Steve in New Jersey. Hi, Earl. Steve mm-hmm. in New Jersey. Uh, just following Rick's politely persistent advice, which Rick always recommends, mm-hmm. um, I've asked this now four times, and I don't believe an answer was provided. Mm-hmm. Ever able to ask the Consumer Reports author of their crash test bias how male-focused testing puts female drivers at risk? The author stated that female drivers in front seat passengers versus males are at a 17% greater risk of death and a 73% greater risk of serious injury from an accident. Well, this is very true. And uh, it's a, uh, a sad comment on the equality of male and female in the world. And as you know, there's a huge discrepancy. 
and everything is male-oriented. I know yeah, I'm a male. Back in the day, I was a male chauvinist pig, just like I'm a recovering car dealer. I was, I was a crooked car dealer, and I was a male chauvinist pig. Times are changing, and uh, this is 2000. Uh, Barb White, I can't answer my phone now, so I'm going to have to uh, uh, call you later. Uh, so it's it's sad, and I wish people would listen. And I think half the drivers are women. They should be just as safe for women as they are for men. So you have to over-engineer in the minds of the well, Steve, auto manufacturers. Steve wanted to, to know if you were going to contact the author of the Consumer Reports article about it. Oh, okay. Well, then I, I plead guilty. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, yeah. So I, we have the title of the um, article. I'll help you out. We'll try and track down the author, and, yeah. and we'll reach out. I'm sure well, they probably well, have an Let email me get address. this straight. So the author did say this. Yes. And so uh, contact the author to say, uh, who so ya? Maybe, yeah, maybe uh, we get them on the show. Uh, maybe he gets more information. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, there's so, there's so, much, so much injustice when it comes to things like this, uh, crash testing and a lot of other things. Uh, children, pets. Uh, women. I mean, <laughs> how could women be put in the same classification? But you can't assume that a woman yeah. is built like a man. I can tell you from personal experience, there is a big difference between women and men. Am, I, ri- am I ridiculous to say they should test it for dogs too? Well, I think, you know, let, let's leave the, I mean, I love dogs, as you know that, but I love women more. Yes. And I think that uh, we can do the dogs later. later. Let's get let's get it safe for all humans yes. first. And go. then we'll move along Humanity to the other first. creatures. Yes. Okay. You know, the article that I, that I read on this uh, topic that we're discussing is that uh, it's more likely for women to get hurt, if not die, in an accident. Mm-hmm. 73% of women that are in that vehicle to what you said 73 earlier. 73% more likely. More, 73%. Yeah, not 73%. Yeah, yeah. yeah more, more likely. More to, likely. Right. Yeah. And what you said about dogs, I think that anybody that's in the car should be protected. Oh, yeah. All right, next one. Um, I have a question. There are so many cars on the road that have broken windshields, bald tires, and a multitude of problems. Uh, why did many states get rid of manda- mandatory auto inspections? I would think it would be a good revenue generator for them and maybe keep some unsafe cars off the road. The answer is very simple. Uh, Politicians are the ones that control our lives. Politicians have to get elected, and having auto inspections is very very unpopular. We had auto inspections in Florida a long time ago, and everybody hated it. You didn't like the idea. We have a busy life, right? Suddenly, your auto inspection sticker wears out, or you buy another car, or whatever it is, and you have to get your car reinspected, and they go to get inspected, and there's a line a mile long. Uh, You're late to work. You're late to school. uh, You're late to wherever you want to go. People do not like auto inspections. Therefore, the politicians want to get reelected. They come out against auto inspections. Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. I used to hate sitting R- in Rick line. Is, Rick is going to. I used to hate get, sitting in line and waiting to have my car inspected. Mm-hmm. I just dreaded that day. And I really had to a lot, a lot of time. But it was in Pittsburgh. It was necessary. Mandatory. Hey, uh, quick note here in Florida. And this is from my own personal experience. If you have full coverage insurance on your car, which most of us do anymore, and you do have a crack in your windshield, you can get your windshield replaced free of charge. It's Florida state law that the insurance companies do not charge a deductible to replace your windshield. I just had mine done by, I have State Farm Insurance. I called the glass company, had my insurance card handy. They got me on a three-party line with the insurance company, and in less than 10 minutes, they were setting an appointment. 
They came out, replaced my windshield, boom, everything was fantastic. And I'd like to throw a quick shout out to Gator Glass for having taken care of taking care of me like that, and to State Farm because I everybody made it easy for me. It was so simple. Thank you, Rick. Uh, new windshield. Great That's a very good tip. Hey, we are going to uh, interrupt everybody, and we are going to go to D Lee from Lake Worth. Good morning, D. From Lake Park, but okay. Lake Park. It's a spunky show today. You guys are all like um, having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're having so, fun. D, are you a first-time caller? No. Is anybody else getting that? Yeah, there's a. There's a like a strange static. There's a lot of static. Go ahead, Dean. We can hear you. Move around. Are you okay now? She's a first-time. Yeah, it's. uh, I hear you clearly now, but it's in and out. But we can. We can hear you. Go ahead. Um, big weekend where I'm going to buy a new car. Called a couple weeks ago. Unfortunately, it's not going to be from your dealership because I don't SUV Toyotas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to buy a, a new Nissan Kicks or a new Crosscheck. Mm-hmm. And dealerships do have that $9.99 uh, fee. So you've talked about extensively that I believe I should not pay. Right. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, you need to make, well, the, the, it's about a $1,000 dealer fee is the average that we're seeing, actually a little bit higher than that now. Um, really, the most important thing is the out-the-door out price. So make sure you're getting uh, prices from different dealers and look at the out-the-door because they're all going to have a dealer fee. Um, you can choose to go in and, and do battle with them and insist on taking out the dealer fee, and I think that just might be a long waste of time. Um, the best thing to do if you're looking at Nissan uh, Nissans, um, try a, f- a few different. There's a several Nissan dealers in the area. Uh, save yourself some time and try and do this online by going mm-hmm. to their websites. Um, and you could do it from your kitchen table and get some committing prices. But make sure they give you a, a an image, even with a picture with their cell phone, and have them email a picture of their actual buyer's order that shows all the little hidden fees they could potentially do that. Uh, Dave, the best way to define an out-the-door price, and you can say this online, write it online, or you can speak to the salesperson or sales manager would be better. Out-the-door price is the price that you fill out on your check that you write your check for and bring it in and hand to the salesman and you can drive the car home. The out-the-door price is the full price, including everything. That way, you'll avoid all the surprise. And as Stu said, the dealer fee is just part of the price for the car. The only danger to the dealer fee is when it's hidden and added after the fact. So if you get the out-the-door price and you define it clearly to the Nissan salesperson and they say, okay, bring me a check for uh, $25,219 and you can get in your Nissan and drive it home, then that's the way to shop and compare. Do that three times and get the best out-the-door price from three different Nissan dealers and you will get a good deal. For example, if you call up and you say, give me your best price on a Nissan Crosstech Trek, the, the, the price they give you on the phone is meaningless. You have to say, total that up, everything, what am I writing the check for? done a lot of research on the computer already uh, so today's my get in the car drive it see if I like it and kind of see which one I want well there you go if you, as long as you've done your 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 prep work and uh, you're ready for them um, 
I hope you hope you enjoy the cross track. And make sure you drive that car quite a bit to make sure it's comfortable and that you can see everything properly and that it's the right car for you. Yeah, that driver's seat is really important as far as comfort. take the car for more than a short drive will they allow you to take it for a day or so you should as long as they'll let you at least a few hours and yeah. if they'll let you take it overnight that's preferable yeah. drive it in all the conditions that you normally drive your car to be sure that you like it and listen when you before you sign on the dotted line if you want to text us or call us or email us uh, give us the information we'll be glad to give you an endorsement that you're getting a fair price Indeed, sometimes uh, these uh, dealers will let you take the car overnight. I mean, if they really want to seal that sale, you know, take advantage of it. I'd check it out. Can I call you or email you after uh, the show hours? Sure. You can, yeah. you can, you can email us anytime. Uh, uh, call us anytime. Thank you all. You're so great. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for being part of the show. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. We have a text from Anne Marie. Uh, good morning. Your sh I love your show because your show is the only place people can contact uh, with all their questions about cars and dealers and get a straight answer. Not only that, but if we miss the radio show when it airs, we can always access the podcast later on. Thank you very much. What a nice endorsement. Oh, yeah. thanks, Anne-Marie. Uh, so my question for this week is, how often should a sun or moonroof be lubricated, especially um, if it's one that you don't use very often? You know, I'm going to let Rick answer that, but my thought was I've been driving cars for a long time with a lot of sunroofs and moonroofs, and I've never even thought about it. I've never lubricated one, and if I had to guess, and I don't know I have the answer Rick does, I'd say don't worry about it. You're actually very, very close. The only thing I would recommend is open it once in a while when you're cleaning the car and clean the rubber seal nice and well and maybe put a little bit of that rubber dressing on it mm -hmm. that's available from the auto parts stores. Okay. okay. Uh, we have a text from Karen. Uh, good morning. I see where Toyota is coming out with an all-wheel drive Camry. Uh, should I wait a year before I consider purchasing it just to see if it has any issues? I believe that that's a good policy with all new vehicles. I don't care whether it's uh, 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 brand new or if it, anytime you have a changeover in technology or even styling, it's best to get the bugs out. Wait a year before you buy a brand new model. And I know that's like a hard thing to do because a lot of people, they like to have that fresh new model. And uh, we find out oftentimes with our dealership that the new Toyota comes out, there's glitches that aren't in the, in, in the 2020 model that aren't in the 2021. And it's true for all cars. It's human nature. It's true for life. Yeah. So think about this. When, when a new update comes out for your phone, if you rush to update it, um, you're usually, oh, well, I don't say usually, but yeah, exactly. quite likely to yeah. run into a lot of problems. Fortunately, yeah, like, like the phones, the cars get a lot of software updates, so there mm -hmm. could be a, a shifting issue on, a, on the all-wheel drive camera. That could, I think could the all-wheel drive is so cool. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I got to have an all-wheel drive. May I, because it's just such a great uh, concept. They've been, it's been around for a long time, but the fact that now the cost is coming down yeah. where we can have it in just a normal car, 
Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't mind the first yeah. first year it came out. Yeah, I go online, see what kind of issues come up. And, yeah. But like I started to say was uh, some of these issues can't be fixed with a software update, so yeah. give it a few months at least. I mean, yeah. six months a year. Yeah. Good point. I'll tell you what, that uh, new Camry with the AWD, amazing. What a beautiful car. Okay, um, Rick, uh, there's no name on this. Rick, can you give us an extensive tutorial slash explanation of the latest safety features available on new vehicles. I have a 2016 Highlander and I thought I had the latest in safety tech. It turns out this isn't true. How can I keep up? What am I missing, Rick? No, I can't. Okay. <laughs> we don't have enough time. <laughs> uh, scared me to death when they said extensive. Oh, okay. Well, let's not pick on Rick. Um, I, I would Google, I would yeah, Google go and yeah. look at the newer cars and just Google every single term. I got something easy for you to do. This is easy. Uh, you're driving a Highlander. Um, all the manufacturer websites have a compare vehicle function. Yes. So what you can do is you can go on, you can go to Toyota.com, and if you're looking at a Ford, I'm sure Ford has its comparable um, little thing on their website, and choose a 2020 Highlander, and then compare it to a 2016 Highlander. And in a grid forum, it'll show the features that one has and the other one doesn't, and it's an easy way to do that. Some websites like Edmunds.com allow I you to do I, that. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, sure. Um, you can do that, Edmunds.com does it, I think Haley Blue Book does it. And, uh, and it might even be better if you're using a third-party site like Edmunds because you probably select every vehicle that exists. They, they lay them out side by side, and you can say, like, adaptive headlights, and they'll have a little, a little dot that says if it has it, if it doesn't. It's a pretty cool tool. You know, with all the knowledge on the Internet and Google and the rest of it, if everybody we – we should probably stop talking about that because then we'd be obsolete. Yeah. If everybody knew, all they got to do is go to Google. Yeah. And find out anything we say. Well, yeah, that's not true, too, because we we know some of the nitty gritty stuff that Google doesn't talk about. Right. You know, some of the deep down, uh, dark web kind yeah. of things that go on with car dealers. There are also inaccuracies yeah. out there. I mean, that's one of the things. And I know I'm doing a slight tangent, but yeah. we do teach our kids uh, how to source uh, reliable information online because there's a lot of non-reliable stuff out there. If you Google the box, it wouldn't tell you that's the F and I department no. at a dealership. Correct. You nope. Know, yeah. Okay, right. so we're good. We're fresh. Keep listening to us. Okay, uh, in line with uh, vehicle sa safety uh, and tech, it says, if vehicle stability control is so important, why do manufacturers make it so easy to turn it off? I drove my week. I drove a week with my VSC off light illuminated. Was I at risk of losing control of my car? Great question. Why? I honestly don't know. There, now, there are a few vehicles. Wait a write this down, folks. Rick Kearney doesn't know the <laughs> I answer. I don't know why they would allow and that. What it's time is it? The date is February 15th. <laughs> At exactly okay. 8.58 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. He doesn't Rick know, but he's still going to tell us about it. I'm only, the only thing I'm going to say is that if you're driving, say, a, a vehicle that's four-wheel drive, a truck, and you're going to go to an off-road situation, mm -hmm. I could understand having need for turning it off if you're out playing in because the mud you or don't, something. Because it, it's okay if you roll over in a rough Well, it, when they're going out playing in the mud, you don't want some of those safety features kicking in because it'll detract how you're driving the vehicle well, stability when keeps you're off-road. Because stability keeps you from mm -hmm. rolling over, doesn't it? Mm, no, because from no. oversteerage. Oh, and right. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it more for controlling from rolling the traction and things like that. But yeah. But in normal driving okay. situations well, on the road, okay. anywhere else, I want all those I think features you're right. on. I think you're I right. I think right. it's if you want to do donuts or burn somebody's lawn like we used to do back in the 80s. Okay. 
I never did oh, that. Yeah. Earl, Earl's, never, been, Earl's been there, Can't done that. It. We're going to interrupt everyone, and we're going to go to our favorite caller from Palm City, and that is John, who has been patiently hey, waiting. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I just want to address the three categories of dealer abuse that not only this show addresses, but Earl and Nancy, even with seminars. First group that the dealer picks on is the seniors, second is the minorities, and third is females mm -hmm. who walk into the dealerships. Mm -hmm. The one that's number one with me is how seniors get ripped off. Now, I attended in April, I think it was 2019, of a seminar in West Palm Beach where Earl and Lucy, uh, uh, Nancy were invited by Seniors vs. Crime. Mm -hmm. And that's a big group in Florida with 44 officers. They have over 2,000 volunteers. And it was a fantastic, there was a woman there right here from Stewart that was abused by a dealer. And she was very, very uh, strong about her beliefs and, and what happened to her. Matter of fact, I think she even mentioned that she walked up and down in front of the dealership with a sign Good for her. <laughs> so the public could see the abuse that was taken to seniors. But it was a great seminar, and I just want to tell you about this group, the seniors that have been ripped off by car dealers. Mm -hmm. It has um, local offices, 561-844-3461. There's a nationwide number. They have 44 offices in the state of Florida, 800-203-3099. And the great thing, not only the seminar, the first 500 people, it was at a large church in West Palm, they all received a free copy of Earl's book, Confessions of a Recovery Car Dealer. And I just want to thank them again for what they do. They go to libraries, they go to uh, groups, different uh, uh, Knights of Columbus, and many groups for foreign wars with lectures and education, especially from the senior citizens. And one other thing I'd like to comment, I'm looking forward to the dealer report every week, the shopping report. Mm -hmm. But even though less than one-tenth of one percent of people affected by this, I noticed that there's a brand-new dealership in Stewart of Maserati and Alfa Romeo. I would like to see once, even though, like I say, less than one-tenth of one percent people are in that category yeah. of shopping to a Rolls dealer or a, uh, probably most of them are in uh, Fort Lauderdale, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that the people that shop for those type of automobiles will not be subject to the abuse that the regular consumer goes into his local uh, Honda dealer or uh, Nissan dealer yeah. that, that would get. So... I would like to see that in the future, especially since it's so close here, mm -hmm. like the new Maserati dealership. I'm not saying anything bad about it. It's actually run by a, a large group from Miami mm -hmm. that has the Audi and, um, you know, several other dealerships. Yes. But it would be very interesting to see that, what, how the person is treated. And I'll tell you what I'd love to see, but they'd recognize a voice. I'd like to see a female like... Tina go into one of these places, <laughs> yeah. and boy, they wouldn't pull anything on that female that they would do normally when a female up the street walks in. Isn't that the truth? I kind of want to go and drive a Maserati. They wouldn't recognize me up in Stewart, I don't yeah, think. I'd love to go. Well, I'm tempted to go in just like a kid in a candy store. I like to go around anyhow. Yeah. And yeah. the good news, it's by a reputable dealer that came up from Miami. Uh, Earl knows who it is. 
and uh, he does a pretty good job up here with his uh, Audi, and he has uh, uh, Acura. Yeah, I think I know the dealer. He was uh, in the Florida uh, automobile dealer. Mario Morgado. Morgado, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he, he's yeah. my buddy. I I know him. He's a he's a good guy. He's got he's got a lot of dealerships. He's uh, started out with. Uh, I believe it was Pontiac. He bought the old Pontiac dealership in South Miami uh, a thousand years ago. Yeah, he's a he's yes. a good guy. I got it. He put up some beautiful buildings here in Stewart. Mm-hmm. Really state-of-the-art, beautiful-looking buildings, and it upgrades the area when a car dealerships are all around him. Yeah, very good. Well, no, we'll I check it out. Thanks. In the future, anyhow, one we'll, of the upscale automobiles dealer shop. We will check it out. Yes, definitely. Okay. And you guys. John, thanks so much for uh, exposing us as far as uh, the speaking engagements are concerned and so many people uh, that we can share our knowledge with. And uh, it's like you said, it could be uh, the library. Uh, it could be uh, anywhere. So thank you for that. And thank you for being uh, a follower of Earl Stewart on Cars. We're going to go to Jay in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Jay. Hey, Jay, you still out there? Hey. I am still out here. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. I have a 2009 ES350. Uh, For a while there, I I was thinking that I was having issues with my left front tire not keeping the air in it. Mm -hmm. And the, the tire pressure light would keep coming on on the dashboard. When I took the car in, I got the oil change, and I explained to my mechanic what was going on with it. He said he would check out the tires. They ended up rotating the tires. He dipped that tire, said there was nothing wrong with it, wasn't showing holes or anything like that. Hmm. Now I have the light that's coming on again, and I'm looking at the left front tire again, even though it's a different wheel on there, and it looks like the pressure is going down again. Hmm. Is there ever a situation where the axle could be causing something where the where it would bring the tire pressure down on a certain wheel, even after, after it's been... Um, rotated around my first thought on that hearing that situation i'd put a camera on your car because it sounds like somebody's messing with you there there really is no way for a tire if especially if you've already if you've rotated the tire for the same location to suddenly begin losing air again unless someone's doing it on purpose or maybe the first diagnosis was incorrect and they didn't catch the leak. Well, but then it would be the left rear tire because he had them rotated. Yeah. The tire went it to the le- the tire like and wheel it. went to the left rear. Hmm. Yeah, and it looks like the left front now is is lower on pressure, and maybe it's just maybe I'm just looking at it wrong. Yeah, but I, that tire pressure light keeps coming on. Yeah. After I got the rotation, the light stayed off for a couple of days. When I filled up my tires again last week the light stayed off for two days and then the light came back on and then when it was really cold the other day it came on and then it came off again and now it's back on again so that's where i'm wondering Hmm. and the air doesn't look like it's down much but it does look like it's down well do you have a button on your dash down low to the left of the steering wheel right that'll for resetting the light yes okay try this get it get a good digital tire gauge and set all your tires at about 30 pounds exactly. Then turn the key on and press and hold that button until the light blinks three times and then goes out. 
You may have to try it a couple times. Turn the key on, press and hold the button until the light turns off. Then turn the key back off, back on, and press and hold the button until the light blinks three times. Wait about five minutes, and the light should turn off. Wait about five minutes, and then go ahead and reset your tire pressures back to where you normally would have them at around 32 to 35 PSI. And what that'll do is it'll reset the threshold where that light turns on at, Hmm. and it will actually set it just a hair lower because if the threshold is set too high when you're driving your car and your tires are at 35 PSI, and then they sit and cool down and drop to around 32 to 33, it may trigger that light a little too easily. Okay, so maybe that's what the issue is. So just go back in, put it at 30, and then and then go back in and reset the whole thing? Yep. Okay, all right, I'll try that. I'll let you know then. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, thanks Rick. That's very, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Great call. You know, we get, we get a lot of cars calls. can do that. We got a call last week about... Uh, uh, these uh, when, uh, this time of year when the weather gets warmer and then it gets colder, things like that. I don't th- remember if I mentioned this before, but um, this is just annoying. I always suggest put some more air in your tires, and you have a range between what the manufacturer recommends and what the tire manufacturer, the auto mm-hmm. manufacturer, recommends a lower range of a lower inflation, and the tire manufacturer has the maximum or the highest inflation, split the difference. Usually you have like a eight-pound difference, and, and put four more pounds from the minimum, and that way you don't have the annoyance when the cold weather comes and goes back and forth. Exactly. And as, as odd as it seems, yesterday afternoon I got in my truck, and you know, quite often those outside temperature gauges will read really high when you first start up. Mm-hmm. It was literally 100 degrees Fahrenheit on February 14, and we just I just heard from Karen on YouTube. She's up in Michigan, and she says they are freezing up there. Yeah. So it's amazing the wide range of temperatures you can have sure. right across this nation. How are we doing on text? Hey, we got I, him coming I, in. I have a real quick text, and it's from Gigi uh, in L.A. While watching the Super Bowl, uh, she saw the uh, Genesis uh, that will soon be launched if mm-hmm. it hasn't been already. Mm-hmm. And she wants to know if you think that that would be a reliable SUV for her to purchase. I think it is. I'm going by memory, but I check Consumer Reports. I know my bro- broken record when I, I say Consumer Reports, but I believe the Genesis is a very good vehicle. Yeah, and she, that's the GV8, I think she mm-hmm. said, yeah. SUV. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, we have a text here. It says, Earl, is it true that new cars do not have spare tires? What happens when you have a flat? Thanks for all you do. And that's from Phil. Well, it's been that way for a long time, and it's a rarity now to see a full-size spare. So you have donuts, the smaller version of the spare. That's one thing. They have a little kit uh, that you uh, inflate your own tire with. Uh, they have, a, I guess they even have portable pumps that you can plug into your car and, and inflate your tire. But there's just something we have to live with in the 21st century. The cars are smaller, the trunks are smaller, and the cafe requirements, meaning the fuel mileage requirements are such that any weight they can save, uh, they take advantage of it. And a wheel and tire weigh a lot. Rick? We also have cars with run-flat tires on yep. them that have no spare or tire-changing equipment at all. Yeah. And I've even seen cars with a special 
compact spare that has no air in it mm-hmm. and a little pump to fill it up before you put it on the car. Yeah, the, the yeah. spare tire is a endangered species. <laughs> Full size, yeah. We're, what we're seeing is on cars, you're getting a donut. Um, some, like the hybrids and the electric ones, might have a like the run flat kit. Usually, you're only seeing full size spares on uh, on trucks now and yeah. SUVs. Yeah. Okay, uh, we got one here from. <laughs> there's no name on this, but it says tester of the new Highlander while having a 2008 Sienna check for purchase uh, uh, for service. Uh, Mr. Goldberg in service was very good. Thank you. Uh, I assume he's talking about our dealership. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, wow, what a great vehicle, Spot, talking about the new Highlander. Some torque steer while testing the acceleration going over the Blue Heron Bridge. Does all-wheel drive reduce that effect? Offline is fine. And that's a Rick question. What is torque steering? Does that mean like when you kind of swerve a little when you accelerate? Or? Pretty much. It's uh, transmissions on front-wheel drive cars. You've got two axles that go out to the front wheels. One of them is short. One of them is long. Well, when you step on the gas nice and hard, that longer axle will actually twist just a little bit. So one wheel gets a little more power than the other, and it will make the car kind of pull to one side just a little bit when you're stepping on the gas pedal hard. That's called torque steering. It's because too much power to one wheel. Uh, Traction control generally will reduce that quite a bit, but some people can still feel it. And all-wheel drive will actually reduce that a little bit because the power is now being spread to all four wheels instead of just two. This is an example of why I like being on the show. Yeah, I just learned something, too. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. I'm a sponge of knowledge. I Thank sure you, hope Rick. you know what you're talking about, Rick, because I believe in all this I totally stuff. believe it. It's absolutely okay. true. Okay. Okay. Uh, if somebody's li- – please uh, Google. Oh, by the way, um, Jonathan um, let us know that the show Castle that we talked about is available on Netflix now. Oh, oh cool. Oh, boy. So, so. That'll be great. And by the way, Mr. Hand uh, chimed in. He says, ask them about that Maserati. Yeah, Maserati. Ask if it'll do 185 miles an hour. Well, I'm, I'm test driving it, so I'll let you know, Mr. Hand. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mr. Hand. Okay, uh, this is a not, we're going to anonymous feedback now. Okay. Uh, the best first car for a teenager is a school bus. Let me read that again. The best first car for a teenager is a school bus. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Old codger. Doing <laughs> the old codger. So sorry. I'm an old codger. I am, I am, I am uh, full disclosure, an AARP member. So, yeah. All right. The but best, you look like a child. Uh, that's to, to your eyes, guys. All right. Uh, best first car for a teenager is a school bus and the responsibility to shuttle his or her stuffed animals to town and back. Who wants their stuffed animals? Okay, I didn't read this all the way through. Who wants their stuffed animals to get into an accident? They'd better be real careful to bring them home safely. Okay. I think that's a, it was a nutty codger, not an old codger. I don't know what's going on there. Hey, we had a strange uh, somebody. The word cilantro keeps appearing. Um, we're gonna, there's a mystery there. We'll tell you about it later. Though. Hey, about those school buses? Yeah. Let's put some seatbelts in those school buses. I think they have them now. Yeah. I hope you're right. Mm-hmm. They do, uh, which okay. I could never understand. Because, uh, you know, up until what you just said, it's only the driver who had a seatbelt. The only safety feature in the old school buses that I can remember was a rubberized bar in front of your <laughs> face. <laughs> well, you know, it's not even funny, and I, it gets me mad when I think about it, is why don't all school buses have seatbelts? No, I think, well, I don't know about they the don't. older ones. No, they don't. Yeah. No, the, the newer one, the reason I know the new ones my kids wrote on did, but I don't. Uh, well, I'm talking yeah. nationwide. Yeah, yeah. It was just a terrible thing happened in some states. 
state, oh. and there was a big thing about why they don't yeah. have seatbelts. Well, they don't have seatbelts because the people that are in charge are a bunch of morons. Yeah. And not to put a seatbelt in a school bus, right. it, it should be a capital uh, crime. Yeah. Yep. So the, the rubberized metal bar in front of their face isn't doing the job. Yeah, ain't no. doing the job. All right. Okay. Uh, this is a theme lately. Uh, we've discussed how to maintain your leather and fake leather seats. Uh, Rick, what can be done to slow the deterioration, deterioration of the rubber around the doors and sunroofs? Again, uh, thank you, a loyal listener. I have to find Alan's email now. Actually, I've got a pretty good memory on that one. because good. Now, full credit for this to Alan Napier, our body shop manager and sometime co-host on the show here. Who Googled it. He did, but <laughs> he's the one that brought this information out. And basically, it's recommended to use a very mild detergent and water to clean those rubber gaskets. And available from your local auto parts store, rubber dressing compound. Just spray a little on a rag and just gently wipe a little bit on those rubber door seals. Can you use balsamic dressing? I actually, no. That's okay. better on a Caesar salad. Thank you very much. Um, you're going to want to use that rubber dressing just to clean them up a little bit and just a very light coating on them. And that way, your rubber seals on your car will last a whole lot longer. Don't forget your sunroof and mm. your back hatch. Okay. Right. Okay, this one's for me on anonymous feedback. Stu, can I order a Supra where all the BMW parts, engine, controls, transmission, and infotainment are sourced from a 2020 Corolla? Thank you. No. Okay. I don't think you can. I mean, I, I guess if you're skilled enough, you could probably modify it. I heard that the 2020 Supra, there are kits that people are converting them to manual transmissions, which sounds like a pretty expensive mechanical operation. I think it's stupid. I agree. Um, okay, um, more anonymous feedback. Uh, can a good person who wants to help people make the right choice for a car in an honest and transparent way become corrupted by the ethics of the Part of the dealership and then turn greedy with the potential for higher commissions. <laughs> I'd love, in other words, um, if you're a good person and you go to work for a car dealer, will you turn to the dark side? It, it happens it all the happen, time. Guess, it yeah. happens all the time. It, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing. I Maybe in one of my books, when I finally get my second book done, maybe my third book, will be What Corrupts People. That's a great chapter. In, in, in the car business, because I know a lot of really good people uh, that, uh, you know, that they're good people. Yeah. And somehow, they're corrupted because yeah. they work for a car dealer. Well, um, they go on to say, I would love to sell cars because I love cars and helping folks, yeah. but I also like money. And, you know, I, you know it's, a, it's a really good question, and I think it would make a great chapter in the, in the new book. I, um, it depends on the individual. There's a lot of temptation in the car business. Yeah, when you're in an industry uh, that has um, a reward system based on profit, yeah, the whole the whole culture is based on taking advantage of customers. You suddenly find yourself taking advantage of them too, and you just don't even realize the morality issue. Or if you, if you do it, you you bury the anyway. I'm, I'm no, 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 but but honestly, in the car dealership culture, in a lot of car dealerships. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of you know, propaganda you are um, and brainwashing going on. Yeah. Um, a salesperson can be convinced that customers are dishonest. They demonize the customer. They do the that. Liars are liars. Yeah, we need to get a psychologist on here some week because what the 
to justify in their own minds, here's the favorite phrase in car dealerships, buyers are liars. People, and sometimes buyers are liars. Yeah. Sometimes people do uh, uh, misrepresent things about their trade-in or, and, or say they have a lower price from another dealer when they don't, but that's part of the negotiation yeah. process. Yeah. The point is, by making the customer the enemy, then you feel better about taking advantage of the customer because who cares if you shoot a bad guy? They also, and that's what I think that's a psychological phenomenon. They that, dehumanize the customer yeah. as well. Uh, credit criminals is yeah. another example. They call people with bad credit slugs. You, know, you yeah. do that in war. You demonize the enemy. Yeah. In World War II, uh, the yellow peril, the Japanese were slant-eyed, terrible people. We put them in camps and prisons in the United States, and they were bad people. So when you burn 5 million people in uh, Tokyo, that's okay because they were demons. Right. And that's what I'm, I'm I'm off on a rant. No, it's a, no, it's yeah. a, this is a very important yeah. thing for people Stop to make. No, I, I, I got I to chime in. A, a Saturday morning sales meeting, which is happening all over the country right now as we speak, well, at least in the Eastern Standard Time, and they're preparing for their day, their big selling day. Mm -hmm. A lot of these meetings have the feeling of a like a military sort of like oorah sort yeah. of uh, pump-up session, and they're getting ready, their troops ready for battle right now. Uh -huh. um, you guys at home are drinking coffee, getting ready to shop for cars, but right now they're in sales meetings getting pumped up, and they're getting their aggression, the testosterone is flowing, and they're ready to go to war. And mm. that's what's happening right now yeah. all across the country. Wow, you got my attention. <laughs> no, that's oh. a pretty scary picture. It, is, you know, it really picture, is. Seriously, picture chanting. Yeah. Clapping, it's it. You're right. We need a psychologist to kind of examine that that phenomenon. There's a real yeah. thing happening. This sounds like I prepared this, but I, I did. I, I I forgot until we started talking about this. This is an advertisement I got on my uh, iPhone, and I'm a dealer, car dealer. So people approach me because they know I'm a dealer, and they're advertising. And this particular company is called. They call themselves rich dealers. And it says, most dealers and managers agree that this business used to be more fun. Customers used to be really excited when they bought a car. Wasn't it great when customers were happy and the grosses were high? <laughs> that mean, and win-win. Right. And these days, a lot of dealers... When they knew their the place. It's just a grind. <laughs> right. The traffic is a bus. Every customer wants a lower price. Can you imagine that? The customer wants a lower price. Every customer wants you to throw in something for free. Every customer wants... Wants to know what your true cost is. <laughs> What's going then on? Some, then sometimes they still give you a, a bad review. You should read that. This in a, your voice. <laughs> this sucks. And this is all about. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an advertisement okay. to car dealers. So anyway, yeah. I love that site. Thank you. That's crazy. Hey, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars right here on the Oldies Channel. And ladies, you still have time to give us a call. Fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call, please, ladies. I need to hear from you. 877-960-9960 and the text is 772-497-6530. And I think we're going to go to some YouTubes that Rick has. We've got a couple real quick. Uh, Guy Larrabee is asking, he says, My Canadian dealer recommended a service on my car for $195. And Wallace Kia says it should have a different service for 270 plus a brake flush. And he says uh, he doesn't really have the specifics on it. So my answer to that one is go with the book that's in your car that is your factory, not dealer, but factory recommended services exactly. for your car 
And if the factory doesn't recommend it, don't do it unless they can come up with a very, very good explanation of why it's necessary. As far as I know, no manufacturer recommends flushers. Some of them do, like uh, they recommend, Toyota will recommend a coolant renew at 100,000 miles. Okay, well, that's not a but, flush. That's well, a it's renew. a coolant, coolant flush. You actually, you need to flush out the old coolant, put in new coolant oh. at 100,000 miles. Okay, I, I, I thought and, that was just replacing. I didn't realize. Well, that's, that's what a coolant yeah. flush would be, is replacing okay. it. Okay. But other than that, nope. And the next one I have here is John Strine. He says, uh, I know you've commented on this issue before, but I'd like an update if there is any. Uh, the issue with the white paint on Toyotas. I don't want to purchase a white-colored model if that issue has not been resolved. Thank you. Well, that's a very uh, timely question. Uh, there's a huge recall uh, on Toyotas now on white paint. Correct. And it's a delamination issue. And uh, it's going to be uh, very, very widespread, which is good news for you because it will cover it under the yeah. uh, recall. You get a new paint job. New paint job. So uh, uh, watch your mailbox, watch your email inbox, and uh, you should be notified. If not, and you have a white car and you have a problem uh, with uh, delamination is appealing. Your paint actually begins to peel in certain areas. And uh, if that's the case, uh, Toyota will be taking care of you uh, and paying for that. Exactly. Now, I think oh. they are, they go, they're older cars, but they go, it goes all the way back to 2008, um, up to 2019 cars in some cases. So yeah. it's a big, there's millions of cars out there. And if you're having the problem and you complained before and they told you to take a hike that's not covered under warranty because your paint warranty is only three years, 36,000 miles. Um, you come back now and say, I understand that uh, Toyota has confessed and they have some defective paint on white cars. And it is There's 580,700 Corollas affected by this. Just mm. Corollas. And that's just, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's yeah. like, wow. yeah, 332,000 uh, RAV4s. 332, uh, so it's... Uh, Stand by. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Free paint jobs, free paint jobs, white cars. Yeah, jump on that. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in, Daryl Stewart on Cars. You can see that we've got a lot of information to share with you. Uh, we're going to go to Dave, who's waiting uh, for us to take his call in Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Dave. You there, Dave? Okay, I hope I'm not cutting out. I hear you uh, loud and clear. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just threw this out for your consideration as the owner of a business. I was um, surfing online, uh, well, for a couple of weeks, but last week I finally decided to call into your dealership and uh, check out uh, uh, a Highlander, which I've been very interested in. Mm -hmm. And so the little uh, insignia pops up online and says, you know, can I help you or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And so I usually just say uh, no, but this time I said yes, and someone came online and said, I'll be your concierge for the day, and, you know, I can answer any questions that you might have. So I said, well, does the price of this Highlander, is this an out-the-door price, or do I have to, you know, add uh, tax and tag? Mm -hmm. And so the person online said, well, is this something you'd be interested in? Uh, well, of course, that was my reason for calling. Sure. Uh, but 
you know, it just seemed like uh, I, she said, well, I can't give you that information. And so I'm beginning to get frustrated mm-hmm. to the point where I was probably turning color a little bit. Sure. So at the end, she wound up saying, I think it was she, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure, but uh, I, I got the uh, message that said, uh, thank you for calling. Have a nice day. Mm-hmm. And so I really got frustrated. Don't so blame me. I the 800 number, mm-hmm. asked the girl who answered the phone. She connected me to a lady. And the, la- and the lady after, you know, I said, this is a basic question. Is it an out-the-door price or do I have to add, you know, this to it? Sure. And she finally, finally, after about three prompts, I uh, said, no, that doesn't. She was trying to connect me with a salesperson, which I was just wanting to know the simple answer to this question. Sure. And so it was very frustrating. So I wound up buying my lease car because my lease was ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended the 27th of this month. It is ending. So I just went ahead and, and bought it. Yeah. And so, you know, it was so frustrating because... I, I just you can understand my point. I do. Yeah, and I can I can address that. What what what? Anyway, I'm just throwing this out. No, thank you. Thank you very much. And I can I can address that. So every car dealer has a chat function on their website. It's pushed by the manufacturers. Um, but when you're chatting with a uh, a chat person on a website, you're not talking with somebody at the dealership. They call it managed chat, and they have a call center, and they have people that are chatting with customers all around the country and you, most of the time you're going to get a generic answer you know and if they get a question that they can't answer well let me get a salesperson for you um, we use a chat company as well and we t- just got rid of them for that very reason so we're able to, to monitor these things and when we see conversations that look like the chat agent is tone deaf to what the customer is actually asking uh, we contact them and say, hey, these guys need to be able to answer these questions. Um, finally got to the point um, with our dealership where we got so frustrated with it, we fired them and we picked up a new, a new chat company, which actually just came online on Thursday this week. And um, it's really hard because um, it's also another thing that's called, not to get too technical, it's hybrid chat. So sometimes you can have somebody from the dealership jump on and, and communicate. And one of the things that finally pushed us over the edge was I was chatting with somebody over a, uh, he was just, it was giving us a compliment online. And one of the other chat agents from the company jumped in and says, are you interested in a newer used vehicle? Even though they didn't read that the conversation we're having had nothing to do with purchasing a vehicle. So um, the answer is it's, uh, uh, it's just bad customer hey, service. So, uh, the answer is thank you very much because I never realized how frustrating it was. Uh, your description, uh, uh, summarize it. If you really want to hear someone that knows how to handle chat, uh, go to Apple, and uh, you go to any time you chat with Apple or some of the more um, advanced companies. They realize uh, you can't use this canned uh, chat uh, company, and uh, we learn the hard way. And your experience is the reason we changed. Hopefully, maybe check us out again, and I'd like to see your experience next time you call and use the chat because most of the chats are absolutely stupid. Okay, uh, I hope that uh, we have uh, answered your question. And uh, we're going to go to Tony, who's waiting in Palm Beach Gardens. 
Hey, Tony. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. I uh, listen to the show all the time, and, and uh, I, I, I like it. I appreciate it. And I'm playing devil's advocate this morning just because you had it too easy so far. Okay. And uh, I heard the segment about uh, how the uh, salespeople, uh, you know, get a little bit greedy, get a little bit corrupted, and and how buyers are liars. And I wonder, does that... Does that apply to the mystery shopper? Well, our mystery shopper, let me see if I understand your question, Tony. Uh, The mystery shopper is definitely, uh, you know, he's an undercover agent. So by definition, yes, he's lying because he's telling the customer that he is going to buy a car and he's not. Uh, I guess you'd say the... We're operating under the end justifies the means, just like the uh, police do when they run a sting operation. If you want to catch a crook, sometimes it takes a crook to catch a crook. So you, what we're operating is a sting operation, uh, giving the salesperson the opportunity to be honest. And if he's honest and, and forthright and transparent in his sale, we put him on the recommended dealer list. But if he tries to lie, cheat, and steal, we put him on the do not buy list. So we're using the end justifies the means. But you're absolutely correct. We are having to be uh, uh, non-transparent in our undercover work. Well, don't, don't misunderstand me. I, I believe in the Mr. Shopman. Yeah. I think that yeah. you But you're right. You're right. That. Yeah. I, I just thought somebody's got to give you a little bit of a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, listen, uh, I, Tony, I, we, we, we find people that will not mystery shop for that very reason, and some good people. And uh, some people are so good and they're so ingrained in them that they don't want to mislead a salesperson. You know, they take everybody for face value as being an honest, moral person, and they walk in, they see a nice, clean-cut young man, a young lady, and to have to mislead that person with the ultimate possibility of embarrassing them or making them sound out, sound as if they're bad people, they won't do it. And I respect that. And uh, our shoppers have to have a little bit of uh, larceny in their heart, I guess, to be able to go through what they do over and over again. We look at it as the greater good, but your point's very well taken. Well, in, in, in fairness to, to you guys, too, there, I know that in every business there, there are some customers that are the quote-unquote customer from hell, you know? Yes. Yes, but you have to give, you have to give customers the benefit of the doubt, and and the and if there was ever any justification for not being forthright, it's the way cars are sold today. So when a customer comes in and says, uh, "Your competitor gave me a price a thousand dollars cheaper than yours," it might not be true, but he's fighting fire with fire because that salesperson is not telling him the truth about a good price on the car. The good price on the car for the salesperson is the most he can sell the car for. So how you? going to fight fire with fire if you tell them the truth and say your competitor matched your price. You say the competitor beat your price because you're trying to negotiate. Right. I still think you guys are doing a great job and and I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you, Tony. Call again, please. Thanks so much, Tony. Speaking of the mystery shopping report, we have one coming up. It's going to be a doozy and it is from Southern 441 Nissan and the lines have been shut down. Uh, so uh, if you want to get in touch with us, text us. It's 772-497-6530. And uh, also we would like you to be part of the voting process 
on that mystery shopping report, Southern 441, Nissan. Now back to Stu. We have one more anonymous feedback to read. Earl, in regards to your intro in which you said that dealers are stuck in the 20th century, isn't that our fault? The dealers were allowed to set up laws or legislation and restrictions for how and where dealerships are formed, uh, where it's not easy for an honest person to build another one. Uh, another Toyota dealership uh, next to a scrupulous dealer's lot. Furthermore, it is easier to be scrupulous and steal customers' money than uh, than making a profit by being being unscrupulous and steal customers' money other than making being honest. But the general population is also not standing up to this en masse, en masse for a fight to change in legislation. Furthermore, uh, say the people stand up and the legislators in office are bribed by the dealers and we put such weak legislators in office. This is the people's fault and until all the people put honest and engaging legislators in charge, nothing will get done to make the dealers better. A select few dealers will naturally and without force take the honest, transparent business practice to heart, but not enough to bring the dealers out of the bottom range of the Gallup poll. Thank you. Well, this has to do with the power of the dealers' uh, pocketbooks and the dealer association's pocketbooks. Right now, there's a battle going on in Tallahassee. The manufacturers are en masse coming forth to change the laws to allow them to sell cars directly, like Tesla does. And uh, there is uh, efforts by the manufacturers in Florida right now in the legislature to change the rules. Right now, unless you're a franchise car dealer, you can't sell a car in Florida. The manufacturers are trying to change that law, and uh, the dealers are fighting it tooth and nail, and they're gathering a huge amount of money. I mean, it's, it's like the War of the Titans, the manufacturers versus the dealers. You'd think the manufacturers have all the money, but you'd be surprised if you take all the thousands and thousands of car dealers and the money they make, um, there's not that many manufacturers. There's a whole lot more car dealers. Plus, the car dealers are local, and they can influence their local legislators. The car dealers vote, and the car dealers know people in Florida who vote. And when they go into Tallahassee and say, don't pay any attention to the manufacturers who say they want to sell cars directly, listen to us, because if you don't, you're not going to get reelected because we're yeah. not going to support you. That's they employ, they employ a lot of people. They yeah. can rally their employees. Yeah. One last thing on Facebook video. It's from <clears throat> Wayne. says, I heard Toyota will have a 20% stake in Subaru. When will Earl Stewart Toyota be able to sell Subarus? <laughs> Love to. It's a great car. Yeah. I, I wish I could sell Subarus. I wish I had a Subaru dealership. It's a great automobile. Rick, sell these ones? Uh, quick follow-up from John Strine on that white paint issue. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, I understand about the recall. My question is about cars today. Have they fixed the problem? I'll be purchasing a new Toyota within this calendar year and want to know if I should consider a white model or not. The old problem, I think, I'm, I'm, I'm confusing and I confused you and I apologize. There was an older problem with with the white paint having to do with clear coat. And the clear coat was not on all white paint. Without clear coat, it fades faster. That problem, I believe, has been resolved, yeah. but now there's a new problem with white paint, which has to do with the fact that they don't have the base correct so that the upper layers peel off. But that's on, that's on older cars. Older cars and current cars. And current cars. Yes. Okay, so John would probably be best to avoid a white Toyota for the foreseeable future. Uh, yes, and then the good news being that the, they are recognizing the problem. So it doesn't happen on all white Toyotas, yeah. but if it does happen, Just the good news is yeah. they and acknowledge to it. And to clarify that, Rick, it, was, it goes up the, 
on Kroll as it goes to 2019, the other ones were up to 2017, so none of the ones, the oh, 2020s. Oh, the 2020s, yeah. And, which, okay. and there's really not, that, that's basically all that's available now. So, But the, the, the honest answer is we don't know. Um, mm -hmm. we, we could be surprised with the recall in a year or two. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, a quick mention, mention before we get to the mystery shopping report, and that is uh, you can go to Earl on Cars and read his latest column, Why Do Car Dealers Lie About Their Prices? And you can also read that in the uh, Hometown News and the Florida Weekly. It's a great read. Take advantage of it. Why Do Car Dealers Lie About Their Prices? Okay, here we go. Uh, 2020 Mystery Shop of Southern 441 Nissan. That used to be the old uh, Royal Palm Beach, and then it was sold by the Penske Auto Group to a guy by the name of Terry Taylor, uh, who was the largest privately held group of uh, car dealerships in the United States. I think he's got 100 dealerships or 80. Yeah, he's or, got a ton. Yeah, he's got a he's bunch. spreading like a virus. Yeah. Oh. We have never mystery shops other than 441 <laughs> Nissan. It's always fun to break new ground and go where no mystery shopper has gone before. Last month, we speculated that we may be close to the point where we shopped all of the franchise dealers in Palm Beach County. we got to quantify that. we got to quantify I'm that. I'm going to write a list and start checking them off. Having no familiarity with this dealership, we were able to investigate one of their ads with zero preconceptions. The ad we found was an online offer to lease a new 2020 Nissan Rouge. Is that it? Rogue. 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 Rouge. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you, you, tran you transposed the G Rogue. and the U. Yeah. Exactly. For just two, $128 a month. $128 a month for a brand new 2020 Rogue. Mm -hmm. Ain't gonna happen.com. Oh boy. Below the payment was the, for, was the term 36 months, the VIN, and the selling price of $26,870. A low lease payment always calls for a closer look. Boy, I tell you, you can take that to the bank. The whole point of lease advertisements is to give you a low payment. And it's just a joke the way they don't care about how much cash you got to come up with. It's just a joke. And, of course, we went straight to the fine print. Plus tax, title, lease. This is the fine print. Plus tax, title, lease, and $899 dealer fee. Lease for 36 months with approved financing through Nissan Motor Acceptance Corporation. $3,888 due at signing. $3,888 to get this low payment. Uh, and then that's not all the money. You've got the, uh, the dealer fees added to that. 12,000 miles per year, zero security deposit required. Uh, see dealer for details. Uh, let me ask Stu a question. Does anybody require security deposit anymore? They used I, to. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. I, I think that's a acronym. I think they use that. They would do it for people with, uh, if they didn't qualify. Like, let's say you didn't quite get the credit score, and they'd yeah. say, well, with uh, two yeah. security deposits, uh, we'll, we'll approve you. Yeah. But I haven't seen that it, years. I think they say it even though the, the lessors don't even require it because it sounds like sounds it sounds good because people oh, look they expect no security it. deposit they don't say yeah. nobody charges because well, people you know looking for an apartment to rent yeah you know that's that's a nice thing to avoid so. there are specific things we look for in lease has the first being the total amount of money required at signing always always ask that question especially when you have a low lease payment this amount should include the down payment all taxes and fees. Sometimes they leave out the taxes and fees and first payment. Uh, there's always something they leave out. You want to know how much cash do you have to pull out of your pocket or out of your check checking account before you get that payment. We also look at the contract terms, length, 
and miles allowed, miles allowed. I've seen mileage allowance as low as 5,000 miles. 10,000 is fairly common. 7,500 is not uncommon. We also want to see if the offer is for a specific single vehicle in stock, and this is almost always the case. In this case, the offer appears to be for a specific VIN. Now, Stu and I had a conversation the other day at our dealership, and we were trying to get service advertisements uh, without any fine print. And Stu went and actually talked to the Toyota, the advertising company, and said, we don't want any fine print in our ads. And they insisted that we put in the fact that we have to put the VIN number of the specific car we're talking about yeah. to prove, in their words, to prove to, that the car yeah, exists. To, to show, no, to, no, no, as an example car. Example car. So, But the, yeah. the way we're getting around it is we're going to make that really clear. This is an example car. There are more available. But, yeah. Yeah. but most but dealers use it to get they the use one. They right? just the yeah. way this is being used, a specific VIN, that's the only car available. And uh, it's not an example. It's all you can buy. And when you try to buy it, you can't buy yeah. it. Cars are already sold. Okay. The total amount, and we're back on uh, the shop of uh, Southern 441 Nissan, in case you just tuned in. The total amount of money due for this deal was hard to determine. The ad indicated 3888 was due, but it wasn't clear if that amount included the sales tax, title, license, and the $899 deal fee. You know, clearness and transparency is not something that is a dealer's friend. It's uh, your friend, and he's not going to make it easy for you to interpret the fine print. First of all, you can't read it, and when you read it, you can't interpret it. Mm -hmm. The 36-month term was a normal length, and the 12,000 miles allowed per year was reasonable. 15,000 is average. Yeah. Uh, mileage, but 12,000. Yeah, Toyota considers that a low, a low, oh, this is not a Toyota, but Toyota considers the 12,000 miles a, a low mileage term. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, most is 15. That'll tell you right there. They want low mileage cars when they come back in off lease. Most of the time, we mystery shop lease offers. We don't get the advertised payment with the advertised terms. But as I mentioned before, Southern 441 Nissan is virgin territory. We came uh, with no prejudice or preconceptions. Agent Thunder was ready for everything. I'm Agent Thunder, speaking in the first person. I arrived in Southern 441 Nissan in the late afternoon, grabbed a parking spot right up front. I entered the showroom and walked to a reception-style desk with two men wearing jackets and ties. I used to wear a jacket and tie. Yeah, we all did. Yeah, back in the day, it was a dealer uniform. Yeah. You know, long white shirts, ties, jackets. Crazy. Um, and they were standing behind the desk. One of them asked how he could help me. I said I needed a salesperson. He said he would page one for me. They must have been managers. Mm -hmm. I thanked him, asked for the restroom. I made a quick trip to the restroom, and when I came back, <laughs> there was a large gaggle. I preferred pack. <laughs> pack. You use gaggle, I would say. Troop. A large pack of salespeople. Like a gaggle of geese. You, you know, I, I did a long time ago. I promised to start using different terms for like uh, groups mm -hmm. of salespeople. Mm -hmm. I had to get back on that. Yeah, I like that. In yeah. front of the salesman, it was a little intimidating. A they were all, all of them, they were waiting for me. The man who originally greeted me introduced me to a man in a red golf shirt named Lloyd. Lloyd suggested we get started at his desk. We sat down at a round table, and Lloyd took out a piece of paper, began asking me for information like my name, phone number. He scribbled all this on a piece of paper. 
Excuse me. Yeah. I just got a text asking, will you be showing a video with this Mr. Shopping report? Um, I don't think we have a video, but we have another video uh, with will. another dealership. Uh, 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 I think we should start doing videos with all of our shopping reports oh, when we come in on and out. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. response last But Jonathan week. usually put, puts together a video for this. This will be on this. This will, this will be on our YouTube channel. Yeah, we'll put it on YouTube. But I, I think it, we got so much uh, comment about our video on Palm Beach Toyota last week that I think we should probably uh, make this SOP. Yeah. And thanks for that. Um, finally, Lloyd asked me what I was there for. I told him I was doing the legwork for my mom. She saw their ad for 2020 Rogue. I feel funny saying for my mom. I'm 79 years old. That is kind of sad. Yeah, but I'm speaking, I'm speaking as if I'm H of Thunder, and he is a child. I shouldn't have given out that inform much information. He's not a child. He's young. Yeah, he's younger than me. Yeah, like, too. Old he, guys. He looks, he looks as old as me, though. Exactly. Yeah, we use that ter terminology a lot, your dad and I. Nancy uses yeah. it a lot. These kids. <laughs> she saw their ad for a new 2020 Rogue with a really low $128 per month payment. She sent me in to see if the deal was real. Lloyd knew about the offer. He said it was an online special, then pulled it up on the computer. He read the ad to me and said that the advertised payment required some money down plus fees. That's interesting. Like money, fees and money are somehow not the same thing. Yeah, it's going to require some money down. Also, oh, yeah, also, money? also some fees. Oh, yeah, you got some of that, not too. Not just the money. We need fees. And Then he abruptly said he needed to see if the car was still there. Lloyd stood up, began to walk away, then turned and asked, kind of like a, a Columbo. Uh, he got up, turned around, and suddenly turned, if I was taking the car today. You know how I, I interpreted that? was he was going to talk to the manager, and then he yeah. realized the manager, the first thing he was asking him, is he taking it yeah. today? Yeah, right. Yeah. I said that my mom would come in tonight if I told her the deal was good. Uh, he returned 10 minutes later with Sal, uh, the sales manager. Sal explained that the car was gone. Car's out of here. No more car. Gone. Sold that car. But I shouldn't be concerned. He had a few comparable vehicles that are available. Now, this is, uh, this is the way it's done, folks. You're listening and, uh, to a, and maybe watching the classic bait and switch. Oh, I'm sorry. That advertised car was just sold. It's gone. But we got some just like it. Yeah, right. We got some that are comparable. Yeah. Okay. Um, he said Lloyd would show me any one of those comparable cars. Yeah. I asked Sal if they really only had the one car for the ad. He said, yeah. Then reiterated the part about the comparable ones. Some just like it. Yeah, don't worry. We got some just like it. I asked if the payment would be the same with the same terms. He said the payments may vary a little, perhaps $15 or so. Very little. <laughs> now, when you say very little, how much you want to bet that they're not less? No, it doesn't vary. Only varies one way. Yeah, it varies one up. way. The variable up a little, $15 or so. He said we'd have to find the exact twin to the Ed card to get the payment exactly. I told him that my mom wouldn't come in unless I told her. Mommy's not coming in unless I told her it was exactly the same car that she saw in the ad. I told my mom, okay. So Sal told Lloyd to find one with the same MSRP. And folks, typically, you have many cars with the same MSRP. Dealers order cars in bunches, and they'll order you know, several, half a dozen of one with the same MSRP. Sal and Lloyd left, uh, left me to wait. Lloyd returned in a few minutes and said he found a 
Rogue with the same MSRP as the one on the ad. But he couldn't find the keys. <laughs> you know, uh, so car's the, not here. The car's we sold. Gone. The keys and now, are gone. <laughs> and now I can't find the keys. Uh, he said another salesperson probably had them. He asked if I could wait longer for him to track it down. You I got said a few I really, hours. Yeah, <laughs> right. I said I really didn't want to wait any longer. Lloyd suggested again that we look at a comparable one. I refused and said I'd wait. Lloyd left and returned 15 minutes later with the keys. He showed me the car and did a good job with his presentation. I noticed a big 1973 addendum. 1,973 addendum a.k.a. phony Monroney, added BS to a car that you don't want to bump up the MSRP uh, to trick you. Uh, free lifetime warranty that only costs you $1,973, uh, and they say that's worth uh, $1,997. Well, if you look at the picture, so there's two separate lines. One says free lifetime warranty and it says value 1997. Yeah. And then the 1973 is the charge for like door edge guards and a cup guard. So I feel like I owe them $3 yeah, because they're cool. only raising the price 1973 and they give me a free warranty for 1997. I feel so guilty. I owe just, here, oh, I'm ripping a, them off. Here's the $4 I owe you. <laughs> This is laughable. It's laughable if it didn't actually happen. I want to know what happened to the. I want to know what happened to the gaggle of salesmen. Okay. Where, where'd they all go? Bunch they of flew keys. away. Bunch they of flew keys. away. I declined to test drive and said that mommy will want to drive it. And when she got when she got here, we went inside and I asked Lloyd to give me <laughs> Mother something. Mother will want to drive. <laughs> Lloyd wanted to give me some of the numbers on. Well, you're getting rowdy. You're all getting rowdy. Uh, I said he needed to get me a document with the ad price and the same terms so they could take mommy. Well, no, 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 you, you, the important, he said he couldn't give them the numbers because they hadn't run his mother's, mother's credit. Mother's credit, right. But they're working on a, pay, they put the number on the on the ad. Of course, and then all you do is put based on a beacon score yeah. of 720. And so it doesn't make, you don't know mommy's credit. It doesn't make any difference. I said he needed to give me a document. Lloyd said they couldn't guarantee the payment knowing her credit. I said if she didn't qualify, that was another story. I wanted to show you that you would honor the ad payment for tap dancing, smoke and mirrors. This is what you're seeing here, folks. Uh, deception, uh, bait and switch, all those, all of the above. Lloyd excused himself, returned with his general sales manager. Uh, cue choral music. I just picture the he him the the big man descending down. Like oh. hail the chief, dum 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 dum. Maybe just yeah. the GSM sat down, made small talk for a little too long. Then he told me that they were having an IT issue, internet technology issue. I believe he couldn't print anything. Okay, now I can't <laughs> find the car. The car sold, and the computers don't work. Very creative. See, I would believe any one of those things, but not all three. No. Yeah, yeah. I asked him if he was kidding. He said he really couldn't print anything then. That might have been. That might have been true. <laughs> but everything else was a lie. Offered to have Lloyd email it to me. I, I'm a, I'll email it to you. No. Stand by. We're still standing by. I said that that would be okay, feigning mild irritation. The GSM, general sales manager, left. Lloyd confirmed my email address. I left. The email never came. Nope. I called twice, left the messages for my salesman, but he's yet to call back. Epilogue. 
It was clear to Agent Thunder, <laughs> and to me, that the salesperson, sales manager, and general sales manager all made an effort to switch to a different vehicle from the one in the ad. The sales manager casually suggested the payment may vary uh, $15 or so, or so, uh, from the ad payment. A $15 increase in payment amounts to an additional $540 in profit on a 36-month lease, and could be more than... Fifteen dollars. Yeah, he was pretty vague there. Yeah, around of course, fifteen. Of course, we can't know how bad it might have gotten, but since they failed to give H and Thunder a buyer's worksheet, uh, we can't. Now, I, I got a little uh, addendum here. Stu didn't even know about this, but oh boy! But uh, <laughs> the owner of Nissan uh, Four Forty One Southern Nissan is Terry Taylor, and the general manager over there is uh, how do you pronounce Searcy? Searcy. Or is it Sears? Scarce. Andrew Sears. I don't know. Andrew Sears. Anyway, he's a nice guy. He's, a, he's my Facebook friend. And uh, when he came to town a couple of years ago, I congratulated him on his promotion and wished him the best. And he's a nice guy. You see his advertisement. I think he's a, the guy you see on television with his kids. Two kids, yeah. Yeah, they're beautiful young boys, I believe. And they're just really cute kids. He's a nice guy. And I don't want this to be any kind of a character assassination because he's working for Terry Taylor and he's running the dealership. Anyway, he called me and um, I... Hi, Mr. Stewart. Uh, this is Andrew uh, Searcy, Sears with Southern 441. I'm reading from my voicemail, uh, my written voicemail. Asked me to call, said that he heard you want to sell your car dealership if you would give me a call back and gave me a cell phone number. Uh, but I, I thought that was ironic, don't you think? Yeah. Here, here they're wanting to buy my dealership, and we're doing their mystery shopping report. I guess we enjoy that more than you do, but I thought it was ironic. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the answer is no, I don't want to sell my car dealership. <laughs> uh, now we got a vote. In. Yeah, grades are coming in. Yeah, the grades are coming in. We got uh, William on Facebook. It says F, even grading on the curve. Um, then we have uh, Marvin gives him an F. John, I'm sorry, that's not Marvin, that's Maria. F, John, F, Ari, F. I'm waiting for Linda's score, but I'll chime in later. I give him an F, too. Okay. Nancy, well, what about you? Well, what about me? What? <laughs> uh, the mystery shopping report is disgusting. And between the gaggle of... Uh, <laughs> you like <piece>? the gaggle. <laughs> <laughs> between the gaggle of salesmen, who, by the way, disappeared. I don't know where they went. Uh, and the IT issues and the whole... Well, <clears throat> I'm not a lot of curse on the air. F. Amy Golden gives him an F with three exclamation points. And Amory gives him a shame on them all over F. Mm -hmm. This is an easy one. Rick? I've got Wayne with a big F. Karen, a big fat FFFFF. <laughs> We've got uh, <laughs> Mr. Hand. Fail, fail, fail. I love our fans. Agent Thunder went to buy a car and they were selling goats. John Strine, <laughs> big fat F. Frank, of course, saying they've been uh, thunderstruck. <laughs> F. Oh, I like that. <clears throat> thunderstruck. Yeah, I see, you know, this one of these, uh, one of these uh, reports uh, that we sometimes have that doesn't do anything extraordinarily bad, but in this case here, they did everything bad. Right. I mean, it was just like a, it was the deception was not 
more extreme. It was just more voluminous yeah. than the nor- normal. Yeah. So I got to funk them too. Yeah. You know, uh, and when disasters happen, it's never one thing. It's just an accumulation yeah. of little errors. Yeah, if they just done two or three less bad things, we could have let them squeak by with a D. But yeah. everything was, we don't have the car. Uh, we can't find the car. We can't find the keys. Uh, the computer doesn't work. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Too much deception. Yeah. A gaggle hey. of excuses. Hey, do you know what a group of buffaloes are called? I heard. No, a gang or an obstinacy. Huh. Hmm. I'm going to use that next week. There you oh, go. That'd okay, be are, we, are we getting to the, near, <laughs> the end of the trail? We are near the end. Yes, we are. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We sure do have a good time here, and we hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll be right back here next week at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. Keep it safe out there. Keep it safe. <laughs> <laughs> and real. I don't hear our music. Oh, there we go. go.